0: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I could not be more excited for today's episode. I am once again reunited with the great Tony Pauline, one of the best NFL draft analysts out there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tony and I used to do a draft show together. So super stoked to be able to reunite with him today. You can follow him on Twitter again at Tony Pauline. Tony, how the heck are you doing? It's been a hot
2: second. Yeah, it's uh, th- it's good to be back with you. I'm kind of uh, excited that the draft is over. Now I can relax and uh, take some time and listen to some Zeppelin and do some other things that uh, cut the lawn and <laughs> exactly <laughs> that, that have kind of fallen by the wayside. But uh, thanks for having me back, Andy. It's good to see you he- again.
1: Absolutely. It's great to be talking to you as well. Uh, I'm jealous of your cutting the lawn because today we're in the midst of getting three inches of snow on May 1st in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So uh, not so much a fan of that, but I was a fan of the draft weekend. And just overall, how did draft weekend treat you? Did anything catch you by surprise? What was you know sort of your biggest 1A takeaway as you kind of uh, wrapped everything up
2: from draft weekend? Well, there there are always surprises every draft. That's always going to happen. You know, there's always jaw-dropping moments. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway is that this draft was really hurt by a lot of seniors going back for a second senior season by a lot of underclassmen who returned players returning to college to the college field. These days is a lot easier because of NIL money, things of that sort. And I thought that the the, uh, this draft was really, you know, reduced, uh, sort of uh, diluted because of that. Maybe next year's draft, uh, you know, or it looks on paper anyway, next year's draft should be significantly stronger. But then again, you don't know which seniors next year may go back for a second senior year and which underclassmen may actually return to college because of large NIL deals.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I thought going in that this wasn't the strongest draft that we've seen in some time, but certainly a lot of interesting picks that were still made. And obviously we're going to take a look at this from a Packers point of view today. So let's start things with Lucas Van Ness, the Packers first round pick. There were multiple players on the board that I think Green Bay probably was going to have some level of interest in. Broderick Jones, you've got maybe a Christian Gonzalez, as well as, of course, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who there was some buzz to as well. Were you surprised when you heard the Lucas Van Ness pick roll in and maybe thought maybe they would go with one of those other guys?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I thought it was uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba all the way. And as I said, you know, it seems like the Green Bay Packers are allergic taking a receiver in the first round, because, you know, whether it's Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba in 2023, or, you know, you go back all the years that uh, uh, good receivers were staring uh, the Packers in the face in round one, and they went in a different direction. Uh, this is just another example, and it absolutely did surprise me.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting decision. They certainly have their way uh, with first-round draft picks and, like you said, sort of avoiding wide receivers. They love those premium positions. We've seen them take edge rusher, defensive line, a lot of different positions in the past uh, that have basically not been playmakers and weapons. They addressed weapon in the second and third round, which we'll get to. But what was your uh, scouting report on Lucas Van and what he can ultimately bring to the Packers?
2: I mean, he's an athletic guy. He showed a lot of pass rush ability. He was a disruptive force. Uh, but he's young. I mean, he's not really physically strong on the field. You watch him. He gets caught up by blocks rather easily. He's able to outmaneuver and, and beat the blockers with his agility on Saturday. going to be a lot harder to do on Sunday. Uh, it makes plays in every direction. I think he's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. He needs a bigger body work. And a lot of ways, this selection kind of reminded me when they chose Rashawn Gary all those years ago, you know, it, it wasn't a big knee, this is a similar type of player. You can use him standing over tackle. You can use him out of a three-point stance. You know, Rashawn Gary, they moved around because they really didn't have any room for him. Uh, and this pick kind of remind me of it. Yeah, They say you you know—you can never have enough pass rushers. Okay, that's fine, but you better be able to use them as pass rushers. I think Lucas Van Ness, I did not have him rated as highly as many did. I had him as a bottom third around one guy. I like his potential, but I think there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I do think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, and that Rashawn Gary comparison I think is spot on. I think the the raw tools are obviously there very much like Rashawn Gary. I think in his first season, Rashawn played, I don't know, a couple hundred snaps. Now, obviously, they had Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith that they had just signed at the time, uh, and Rashawn didn't get a ton of playing time because of that. This will be a little bit more interesting. Rashawn Gary's coming off a torn ACL. Preston Smith is still there. After that, it's Kingsley and Igbari, their fourth-round pick uh, from a season to go. Uh, so this is going to be a bit more interesting to see how he fits in at the edge rusher position. I also think he's going to have some ability to kick inside and some obvious passing downs. Obviously, he did that uh, at Iowa, and he was almost primarily an uh, interior defensive guy in his first year in 2021. Uh, but thoughts on him being able to kind of kick inside and what he can maybe do in some sub-package stuff?
2: Well, I, I mean, I'm sure they're going to try that. But like I said, I mean, he's a taller thin guy yeah. and he's not going to be able to outmaneuver or out agile blockers on Sunday the way he did uh, on Saturday. So he's going to ha- have to get a little bit bigger. He's going to have to get a little bit stronger. You know, he was what, 272 uh, at the combine. I don't know that that's his actual playing weight. I mean, his playing weight could be uh, a few pounds lighter, uh, but he's got the frame to get bigger. So could it, could it happen? It could come in time you know, obviously being in an a weight training program, he is a younger guy, third year sophomore. So as he physically matures, that should come. But again, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's going to show flashes as a rookie. I, I would be surprised if there's a lot of consistent production there.
1: Yeah. Rashawn Gary trajectory of, you know, like I said, first year, few hundred snaps, second year, takes a little bit of a jump. And then you see that third year breakout, I think could would be a very similar trajectory for Lucas Van Ness.
2: And that makes sense. But the problem is this, and I would agree with that, but... <laughs> We are no longer in the day of a day and age where the twelfth pick of the thirteenth pick of the draft, you know, you give them three years. You know, now they want three months. Whether it's the fans, whether it's the owners, uh, so I would agree with the patience. I think that's a good timeline that you laid out. I just don't know that it's going to happen these days, or you know, that it can happen these days in the NFL. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. I've I've gone on about that in the past as well, where draft and develop to some extent is kind of dying out and you've got to have these guys on the field pretty much day one, almost no matter what pick they are. Even quarterbacks now are getting less and less opportunity. I will say Green Bay has operated on a different timeline for just about forever. I think not having an owner maybe plays a little bit of piece in that, but they're not afraid to take the Jordan Love and sit him for three years. They're not afraid to take Rashawn Gary and have him red shirt for a season, basically. And now we're seeing the same thing with Lucas Van Ness. And maybe if there is a time to do it, it's not like, Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers is in the room right now, and they're in a win-now position. Um, I know everyone's in a win-now position in the NFL, but uh, now with Jordan Love at quarterback, this might take a couple of years before they're back at the top of that uh, you know playoff
2: threshold. Hey, 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 but you better do it soon with Jordan Love because you've got to make a decision on his contract uh, sooner rather than later, depending okay, on I'm how much.
1: That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, let's move to the the two tight ends. They got uh, Luke Musgrave in round two, Tucker Craft in round three. What were your thoughts on these two big tight ends that were going to probably have to come in? Talk about uh, being able to sit and wait. These two guys are not going to be able to sit and wait. The Packers don't have a tight end room. It's Josiah DeGuara and
2: Tyler Davis after those two. So thoughts on Kraft and Musgrave? I think they immediately improved the talent at the tight end position for Green Bay. They're both, you know, taller pass-catching tight ends who play the tight end position like receivers. Musgrave hasn't played a lot of football because he's been injured. Uh, did play in the senior ball, even though he wasn't 100%. He said, listen, I just want to get out there and play football. I'm just sick of, you know, sitting on the sidelines. You'd like to see that type of attitude. But, you know, he's got to get, like Lucas Van Ness, he's got to get a little bit bigger, he's got to get a little bit stronger, and he's got to show some durability. I really like Tucker Craft. I thought that if Tucker Craft – had run very well. Uh, had run better at the combine. He may have been in the conversation for a late first-round pick. You watch the South Dakota State film, and, and I watched it as a freshman. I, I I could tell that this guy had something to his game that translated well to the next level. He's got excellent size. He's aggressive. He's confident to the point of being arrogant, which has turned some people off. But he he plays incredibly well. I mean, he he comes away with the uh, contested grab. He fights. He makes the easy grab regularly in the underneath field. Does a good job blocking. It's not his forte, but South Dakota State didn't ask him to block all that much because he was such a lethal pass-catching force. I, I, I think uh, Tucker Craft is probably further along in his game because he's played more football. I really like his game a lot. Ran, I believe, four six nine at the uh, Combine. I may have to yeah. check that out, which is a little bit slower than everyone thought, but he plays faster. I really like the Tucker Craft pick. I think, the, obviously, with Tucker Kraft, it's a situation where he's going to have to get used to the step-up in competition, where with Luke Musgrave, he's just got to stay healthy, and he's got to start to produce on the football field. I think both of these picks, I thought they were good picks. I thought they are good picks in the short term as well as the long term.
1: Yeah, I thought so, too. And as of, as we mentioned, it was certainly a need for Green Bay. Are these two different flavors of tight ends? Are we going to see, you know, maybe Tucker Craft be more your traditional Y, and Luke Musgrave be kind of your more move tight end? Or how do you kind of see Green Bay being able to deploy these two tight ends?
2: They could do that. But Tucker Craft can also be a move tight end. I mean, you watch the film at South Dakota State. He gets down the field. I, I mean, he's they line him up in the slot on occasion. He moves well around the field. And like I said, he he plays the uh, receiver position, he plays the tight end position, like he's a receiver as does Musgrave.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be really fun. And uh, for all the years that people were clamoring to maybe get Aaron Rodgers some more weapons, Green sure. Bay went out on day two and got Jordan Love some new weapons, two tight ends that they desperately needed. Then they come back with Jaden Reed in round two, which I thought was one of Green Bay's most interesting picks. Uh, they usually like those bigger, more physical wide receivers, the six-one guys. They've taken a couple flyers here and there. Amari Rodgers did not turn out. Randall Cobb did very much turn out, but usually they like the bigger guys. But they go with a smaller guy. And Jaden Reed played some outside, played some in the slot. How do you see him?
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Terrific receiver, doesn't have great size, plays fast, can help out as a return specialist, had three outstanding days of practice at the Senior Bowl. Probably didn't play as well as many expected last year at Michigan State, but that whole Michigan State program was down. All right. Very reliable, sneaky fast, will get it downfield on occasion, although he's not a true downfield threat. Very reliable pass-catching hands, good route runner. So I, I think you are looking at a potential very good number three receiver who could develop into a number two receiver at the next level.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And Green Bay's had a ton of success in the second round of the draft with wide receivers, guys like Greg Jennings, obviously last year Christian Watson, uh, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, the list goes on and on. So they've had a ton of success in the second round. We'll see if they can continue that with Jaden Reed. One of the things that Ron Wolf. Uh, going back to his days, I always look for at the wide receiver position with somebody who had that returnability feeling like that was going to be able to be something that they could return in college. It's probably going to make sure that they're a little bit more dynamic after the catch in the NFL. Uh, Brian Gutekinds echoed almost those exact same sentiments when he was talking about Jaden Reed. I think he's going to have a little bit of that run
2: after the catch from his returnability as well. Absolutely. And like you said, he brings the returnability, which is also added uh, value.
1: Yeah, Green Bay is very much, you know, focused in on special teams ever since uh, yeah. Rich Basashi got to Green Bay and ever since basically it lost them a playoff game in a must-win season against the 49ers a couple of years back. So uh, Rich Basashi has changed that culture almost every single pick in this draft. I mean, Lucas Van Ness had two block punts. Luke Musgrave had a block punt. Jaden Reed had three return, uh, punt returns for touchdowns. Like, uh, you go through this draft, obviously, Anthony Johnson later, Corey Ballant, uh, sorry, not... Corey Valentine, the Valentine kid um, had a lot of special teams experience as well. Um, so there's a lot of special teams that went in into this uh, draft equation as well. Uh, that brings us to round three. They had a variety of day three selections. Tony, I'm not going to obviously list them all off for you here, but any ones that stood out for you that, you know, Green Bay took that you kind of want to lean into and talk about maybe a little bit more.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there was good and bad on both sides. I mean, Colby Wooden in round four could be a real good selection. I remember Colby Wooden watching him as a freshman at Auburn. I thought he was really going to be a great NFL prospect, but his game kind of leveled off. He never really took the next step. If you watch the film, he shows flashes. Excuse me, did not have the did not improve at the level I thought. If you tap into him, you may have something there. Sean Clifford in round five. If the if the Packers don't draft Sean Clifford in round five, Sean Clifford doesn't get drafted. I, I you know that that's a head scratcher to me. I, I don't know that he trans, he's a tough guy, he's a smart guy, he may be a good guy to have on the sidelines, but he wasn't gonna get drafted if the Packers hadn't selected him. Dontavian Wicks didn't run super fast, but he's a real good receiver. He's got that size that Jaden Reed doesn't have. He's gonna go up in a crowd and win out for those contested grabs on a consistent basis, the way Jaden Reed can't. You know, more of your possession type of receiver, but a real good pass catcher, coming off somewhat, of, somewhat what, of a disappointing season. But like Jaden Reed, you know, he had, they had problems with the quarterback position in Virginia. Coming into the season, Wicks was great as a potential day two pick by scouts. His wow. game and his, his his production kind of fell off. wasn't only wasn't just his. fault. it was more the fault of the uh, whole offense. Um, in fact, the quarterback who was highly rated has since transferred out of Virginia. Carl Brooks, uh, this is interesting pick. I mean, Carl Brooks, they had him listed as a linebacker. I don't know why I see I'm looking at the board here. But Carl Brooks has been a real good player at Bowling Green for about three years now. He's a super senior, and I had him high, I had him rated his draft, well, for the 2022 draft before he decided to go back. He's sort of an undersized defensive tackle. He's quick. He's explosive. He's athletic. Played well at the senior bowl, was a combine snub. I can see Carl Brooks making the the roster. Carrington Valentine is a guy who's got a lot of upside. He's got excellent length. He ran well at his pro day. He flashes ball skills, but he needs a lot of work on his game. But again, you know, maybe he's your dime back. At the very least, you're looking at a practice squad guy. Lou Nichols, Lou Nichols off the 2021 film. I liked him kind of fell off a clip last year. Then he entered the draft, probably because he figured he wasn't going to get many uh carries at Central Michigan. Bigger guy. He shows some explosion. Uh, Probably wouldn't have been drafted had not the Packers not selected him. Anthony Johnson, there's a lot of people like Anthony Johnson out of Iowa State, one of their seventh-round picks. More of a straight line, downhill. He is a thumper. I mean, he's a guy that will separate the ball from a ball handlers. Plays like his hair's on fire. Very intense, but not a rangy guy. Not a guy that shows you know, the ability to go sideline to sideline brings some special teams ability, which is something to look out for. Grant of Charlotte, uh, two pick two, 256. I think that was an excellent selection. Grant DeBozza was highly rated by scouts coming into the, uh, into the season. He's more your possession type guy. He's a four five five guy who catches everything that's thrown in his direction. He's smart. He sees the field. He knows how to separate. He tracks the pass in the air. He uses his frame very well to shield away opponents. You know, He's sort of uh, – if you go J- – if you say Jaden Reed is more of your speedster, Dontavian Wicks is sort of in between, then uh, Grant DeBose is your pure possession wideout that's got very reliable hands, may be able to do some pump returning for you because he's very quick, more quick than fast, as we say in the scouting community. I, I think it was an excellent seventh-round pick. Is he going to make the roster? I don't know, but it was an excellent seventh-round pick.
1: He's going to a great spot to make a roster because going into the draft, Green Bay's number three wide receiver was Samori Touré. They get three more guys on, uh, obviously during the draft in 2023, but it would not surprise me if it was Watson and Dobbs and Touré and the three guys that they drafted as their six wide receivers. I mean, basically, if you're fighting for a number six spot, the only guy he probably has to beat out is Bo Melton, who was a draft pick last year for the Seahawks, who they eventually took off their practice squad. So he's in a very good spot to try to win a number six wide receiver spot.
2: And that's a very young receiving core, which, you know, bodes well for the future.
1: It does. And you look at this entire, you know, offensive roster, besides the running backs where Jones is getting older, Um offensive line a little bit too with Bakhtiar. You've got a couple guys that are still remnants of kind of that last run. Uh, but overall, you're now going to have Jordan Love at quarterback. You've got the, all the wide receivers that we just mentioned that are all in either their, you know, going to be their rookie year or their second year. The, tight, the, the two tight ends from this draft class. I mean, your, your oldest tight end is Josiah DeGuara. So even along the offensive line, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Yash Nyman, Zach Tom, a lot of these guys still on that same timeline. So outside of Bakhtiari and, uh, and basically Aaron Jones, this is an offense that's going to be able to grow together
2: as a team. And, and they hope they grow with the quarterback at hand because, you know, you want, you want Jordan Love to develop, or you're going to be starting from scratch again, because uh, Sean Clifford's not the quarterback of the future. If He's, Jordan Love, gosh forbid fails.
1: Yeah, he is not for sure. Uh, let's go. I, I just want to ask you to just follow up on, on DuBose for a second, because as I watch him more and more, the more and more I like him, what, what was the reason that he maybe fell to late in the seventh round?
2: Speed. I, mm. I, I mean, I, I think he was overrated by scouts coming into the year very good pass catcher but he just doesn't have the speed or quickness quickness to separate i mean he's he's a solid route runner he's not a great route runner and he's you know like i said he's a mid 4 or 5 high 4 or 5 guy uh who's not going to stretch the field
1: who would you say is your favorite pick from this packers class based on where they took him the to value everything like that
2: Oh, i mean i uh, i like tucker craft a lot uh, Mid third round is about where I had him graded. I think if Tucker Kraft ran a little bit faster at the combine, he's a second uh, round pick. So I like Tucker Kraft. I liked Colby Wooden at one point in time. He's kind of falling off the uh, radar screen. I do like Carl Brooks, uh, who I think I'd be surprised if Carl Brooks does not make the active roster. He's got to get a little bit stronger, but uh, Carl Brooks going to make a lot of plays in a preseason that are, are going to really impress some fans. Uh, and they're going to say, you know, this guy's got to be on the active roster come week one.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. What would what would you say is your biggest reach for the Packers in this draft? I know you said a couple guys probably would have went undrafted.
2: I got to say Sean Clifford. I mean, Sean Clifford in the seventh round, I could understand, but there were better players available to him. Don't ask me because I don't have the, the sheet up right in front of me. But, again, I, if the Packers don't draft Sean Clifford in the fifth round, Sean Clifford probably is not selected by any other team in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round.
1: Yeah, Brian Gutekinds basically went on record because right before Clifford, there was that big run on quarterbacks. I think Clayton Toon and Aiden O'Connell and a couple of those other guys went. There's a big run and he basically said he was their last like draftable quarterback that was on their board. So they reached for him at round five. You know, there's probably better players that they had on their board at that time. uh, But he was kind of their last draftable quarterback and they don't have a backup quarterback. And it's basically Jordan Love. And then you know they they got Danny Etling as the only other guy on the roster, so you could tell they reached a little bit for that one. Brian Gutekunst kind of admitted as much, but um, you, you know, for they saw something in him and they wanted to take him and make sure that they didn't lose out on at least one draftable
2: quarterback on their board. I mean, I guess I, I probably would have taken Tyson Badgett, Shepard. Yeah, I may have taken a flyer on uh, Max Dugan. Uh, you know, uh, Jalen Hall was still there too. I think. Jalen Hall was picked 164. Tanner McKee was picked 188. So yes, both of those guys were there.
1: Yeah, uh, those probably would have been a better direction to go in, but they saw something. We'll see if it ends up amounting to anything. Um, who's a late round pick in this draft? You mentioned a couple just a second ago. Carl Brooks seems kind of like the one, but the, the one that maybe you're keeping an eye on the most.
2: Uh well, a couple of day three picks that I really liked a lot. Uh let me just pull it up here real quick. Yeah. Um, I thought the Colts did a great job on, on day three. Blake Freeland in the fourth round, I thought was a was a terrific pick. Noah Sewell to the Bears in round five, I thought was an outstanding selection as well.
1: Yeah, I thought those were two really good picks as well. Never like to see it for uh, the division rival Chicago Bears, but they had, they had a pretty interesting draft. Uh, and the the NFC North got uh, a lot better over the weekend as well. Tony, your final thoughts on the Packers draft? Anything that stood out to you this weekend? Anything else that you want to touch base on?
2: Well, I, I think what's going to happen is everyone's going to look at Lucas Van Ness versus Jackson Smith and the Gigba, especially in the early going. And if Smith and the is having a great year at Seattle with, Geno you know, Smith throwing him the ball and Lucas Van Ness is going to is struggling, you know, people are going to shrug their shoulders and say, see, we told you, should have taken Jackson Smith and the Gigba. It could be the opposite way. Uh, obviously, you know, with Lucas Musgrave, with Jaden, with uh, Tucker Craft, you may have to be a little bit patient with those guys because Musgrave hasn't played much football, Kraft going from a one double A program into uh, the NFL. I, and I think, you know, like I said, I think in day three they did they did a good job. You got some developmental guys in and You got some guys who can play in Carl Brooks. I, you know, I think overall they're a better team today than they were, you know, Thursday afternoon before the draft. Uh, but I think what's going to happen is – Everyone's going to look back at this draft and say Lucas Van Ness versus Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba, you know, and they will grade it based on that unfairly, though.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And let me let me ask you this just uh, as a final thought here let's say they go Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round, and then they try to get the best edge rusher available uh, instead of the, you know, Jaden Reed that they took in the second round based on the things that they usually look for. Let's just say that that's Zach Harrison from Ohio state. Would you rather have Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first and Harrison in the second, or would you rather have Lucas Van Ness in the first and Jaden Reed in the second, what combo would be better for you?
2: I'll go with the two Ohio state guys, uh, because I like Jackson Smith and Nick Jigba. He's not a downfield threat, but he's a tremendous route runner. And he's going to be a pair of incredibly reliable hands for Jordan Love, which is what Jordan Love needs at the receiver position. And I just think that, that Zach Harrison's ridiculously underrated. Now, it doesn't have great testing numbers, but you watch him. He's very athletic. He's long, uh, terrific out of a three-point stance, can stand over tackle, very intense. You go back, you watch the Maryland game, which was a close game uh, for Ohio State. And Zach Harrison basically, if he didn't win the game, he sealed the game late by just torching Jalen Duncan, uh, who was drafted, who a lot of people thought could go in the third round and went much later, the left tackle for Maryland on consecutive plays. So I, I would have gone with the Ohio State duo.
1: Yeah, obviously that's a little bit with the benefit of uh, hindsight on our sides. Obviously Green Bay didn't know who was going to be there. Uh, that's, in the that's, second-
2: that's, the, that's the draft, right? The exactly. draft is hindsight. The draft is Monday morning quarterbacking.
1: That's the best part about it, right, Tony? Nobody I'd rather be Monday morning quarterbacking with than you. It's been great to chat with you once again. Tony, where can we follow you on Twitter and uh, anything you want to plug on the way out?
2: Uh, Just follow me at at TonyPauline.com, as I tell my wife. Just Google my name and you'll find out where I'm at.
1: I appreciate that. Tony, this is awesome as always. It's great touching base with you and uh, catching back up. We'll have to do it again sometime. In the meantime, enjoy your time off. I know you grind on the draft all year long, so it's uh, much needed. Listen to some Zeppelin, get some rest and relaxation because it's well-deserved at this point. Appreciate Thanks, you. Andy.
2: For all- Thanks, oh, Andy. Thanks, Andy. It's been a pleasure being back with you.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Uh, for those of you following along again, make sure to follow Tony at Tony Pauline. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at packet A podcast. That's going to do it for Tony and I, but until next time, and as always go pack. Go.